0: Welcome to Office Hours, the Ithacan's podcast on what professors at Ithaca College are working on outside the classroom. I'm Salisa Kolakal, the opinion editor of the Ithacan, and I'm joined today by postdoctoral teaching fellow at IC, Nanda Devi Cortez rodriguez who recently won the Edwards Prize for having the best paper of the year. So, Nanda, could you talk a little bit about what you study and what you teach here?
1: I work mostly on phylogenetics and population genetics on birds, mostly from the neotropical area, which includes a little bit of the United States, Mexico, Central America, and South America.
0: Great. And could you give um, a summary of what you talked about in your paper?
1: So my paper was one of the chapters from my PhD dissertation. This particular bird, which is a yellow-backed oriole, is found in southern Mexico and also in South America. The particular interesting thing about this bird is that it inhabits or it lives in different types of land. So it can live in really high mountain, like high range mountains, like in the Andes, and also in very lowlands, like in Yucatan, Mexico. What we wanted to know if is how their genetic diversity is across its range. So one thing that we thought was very interesting also is that it's not, um, we cannot find it in Costa Rica. So there's no signs of the bird living in Costa Rica. So we think that there might be like a genetic differences between the South and the North populations. So we got DNA from different samples. We extracted the DNA from these samples and we sequenced several genes. One from the mitochondria, and six from the nuclear DNA. The mitochondria you, comes only from the mothers, so it only tells the story of the mothers, while the nuclear DNA is the mixture of the fathers and the mothers, so it's, it includes both, both parents. We found that there's, a, there's not a lot of genetic diversity in the species, but we found that there's a little bit of difference between the North and the South populations. So that's basically what we we were doing with this uh, bird.
0: What were some of the most interesting findings that you got from this research? Uh,
1: Some of the interesting findings is that um, this bird is very recent. So it diverged. It separated from its sister species or closest relative around 300,000 years ago, which doesn't seem like really recent. But if you consider that birds are like really they're they're not that new it's a very recent event that happened so another thing that we found is that despite it not inhabiting Costa Rica there's the possibility that there could be there so what are some of the
0: factors that could lead to kind of difference in gene variation and
1: things like that so some factors that could lead could be the isolation of populations So if a population is isolated long enough, it's going to retain certain genes, and the other populations are not going to have them. So that's going to make those, uh, that little population different genetically. Um, That's what we're trying to see with the two populations being separated by that Costa Rica absence, if there was some differences between the south and the north, which we found some, but not a lot. And also this bird, it has some Plumage variation, so some of the populations are a little darker than others, and we wanted to see if that would be in coordination with the genetics. But it wasn't really the that wasn't really the case.
0: You mentioned earlier that you focus on birds mm-hmm. in this topic. So why do you choose to focus on birds versus you know any other kind of animal?
1: Uh, so I I think because when I was an undergrad. One of my professors studied birds, and I, I just wanted to see what they were doing, so I started working with them, and they work on birds, so I started working with them.
0: So what are some things you do to kind of study this uh, genetic variation in birds? Like what are some of the methods that you use?
1: We get DNA. We can get DNA from different sources. So one of them is uh, their tissues, and we can get the tissues from the muscle or from their heart or from their liver. So. That's the easiest way to get DNA, because it's fresh and it's not too degraded. So you can get a sample, you can extract the DNA. The extraction is basically a bunch of washes where you break the cells and you get the DNA out of the, each particular cell. Then after that, we use a technique called PCR, which is a polymerase chase reaction. And what it does is, if you have your DNA, what it's going to do, it's going to get a particular gene of your interest. So if you want to know the gene for coloration, you take that gene. It's called primers, but they're like little sequences to cut it. So once you have that gene, it's going to do the same procedure over and over and over and over again. So from one strand, you're going to end up with like 100,000 of the same gene. So that's easy to at the end, sequence and get all the different nucleotides that you are trying to work with. After you get the DNA, you uh, amplify it, and then you sequence, you have a bunch of letters. So it's like gataka, like the movie. Maybe it's too <laughs> maybe it's too old, but you get like a lot of samples, like a lot of letters, A, C, D, A, C, T, G. And all of those are, um, you're going to have them all together, and you're going to look at each particular individual, and see if they change. When they change, or if they don't change, you put them on. You make these like networks where you connect which ones are related to which one, and based on those changes.
0: What kind of influenced you to get into this field of study and study like evolution, speciation, and that whole field?
1: To me, it's a very important field because species are. There's a lot of species that are in danger, first, and we need to know how they're genetically. Diverse. If one population has the same, all the individuals in the population have the same DNA sequence, there are risks of getting a disease and it's gonna kill them all. Like cheetahs, for example, there's only like thousands of individuals, and if there's something, and they're all the same, they're like clones of each other, and if they there's a disease that attacks one, it's gonna attack pretty much all of them, and they're all gonna die at the same time. So it's important to know how uh, species are. Uh, ge- if they are genetically diverge, uh, diverse or or not in in general. Um, I do it with birds, and some other people do it with mammals, and um, there's people who study reptiles and plants, and etc. It's really important to. We're clearing forest. We're getting rid of a lot of the the flow between populations, building bridges and walls and things, and some of them are getting isolated. And when they're getting isolated, they're getting more restricted in their genetics. They're like losing their genetic diversity. And that's a very big deal for conservation.
0: So is there any other you know, research or studies that you're, you're, you've been working on recently?
1: So recently, I when I joined I- Ithaca College, I, I started doing uh, this in collaboration with people from the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and the Smithsonian um, Conservation Biology Institute. I joined their research on ravens. So I've been studying ravens for the last six, seven months. I'm particularly interested in those populations from Mexico and islands adjacent. So I want to know what the diversity um, on genetics on those islands. So to see if they're part of the same mainland genetics or if they are different, like different populations because they're isolated and they're away from the mainland. In the summer, I'm going to have a student help me. She's going to be helping me doing all these like DNA genetics work. And in the fall, I'm gonna have another student who's gonna continue doing that uh, work.
0: Great, well those are all the questions I have for you today. Um, I'd like to thank my guest, Nanda, for joining us. With Office Hours, this is Lisa Colacol.